0: This is The Starcoach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 245. Understand that building a business is a big deal. It takes time and you're probably building it while you fly. You're building the airplane while you're flying it because hopefully you're seeing clients as you put together pieces of your business. So you're going to learn as you go along what things work best for you. I know that it can be frustrating right out of the gate to not have the client load that you want right out of the gate, but that's part of building your business. Maybe look at it as a blessing that is allowing you to set up processes so that as you build, it's just smooth. You've got the flow. You've got all the pieces put together. It's going to create a better flow for you so that when you have that full calendar of clients, you're able to focus on the client rather than all the nitty-pitty stuff that we need to put together, but that you can put together right now. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It is great to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and each and every week, my goal with the Star Coach Show is to create either new understanding about what coaching is, or if you're a coach listening to the show, I want to give you something that you can walk away with each and every week to have a new perspective about your coaching business, to get a new strategy, a new tool, a new resource that helps you bring your impact into the world. Because very truthfully, if we're not out there doing what we're doing, then Everybody, everybody loses from that because I believe coaching is what the world needs. We need to be able to empower people to be the best they can be and partner in a way that we let go of judgment. We stay curious about what the other person is bringing forward and in our belief in that other person they increase the belief in themselves. Now that might sound a little Pollyanna-ish, but I've been working with people for over 30 years, first as a psychotherapist and then as a coach. And I got to say that there's not enough deep listening in the world and coaching can be a part of people being heard. And I think people really need to be heard. So that is my belief, and through each week when I either bring a guest forward to share with you some of their expertise, or I share a perspective, or as I'm doing today, answering a question that I get often, my hope is that it is something that you want to come back and visit with us again and again each week. So that you can have a partner here through the Star Coach show that understands you and helps you be the best you can be in the work that you're doing. So that's my desire. That's my goal. And in today's show, I'm answering a question that I get asked quite a bit. What do I actually need to start my coaching business? Meg, like, what, what do I have to have all the bells and whistles in place before I can do anything? And since I work with over a 100 new coaches every year, and mentor dozens of coaches, I thought, you know what, if I keep getting asked this question, then my audience might need to hear it as well. If you are in coach training, or new to your coaching business, You definitely want to listen to this show, but I would also say that even if you've been coaching for a while, you might want to listen to think about what do I already have in place and am I missing any pieces that would make my life easier? We're going to take this topic today sort of from the place of what do you need to absolutely have in place to take care of your clients? And then we're business owners, and even if you're doing this on the side, you're building your name as a coach. And so there are some things that we want to be paying attention to from the business aspect as well. So let's dive into this today. And what do you need to start your coaching business? And we're going to kind of use this episode today as a beginner's guide, looking at what do I really absolutely have to have versus What maybe even what would be nice to have when we're first starting, we tend to, and you might be different in this, but in general, we tend to have a lower, uh, financial threshold to be able to bring the resources into our business that we want. So we might be doing more heavy lifting right out of the gate as we're building a client funnel, as we are building our client calendar. And therefore, I'm going to be kind of looking through that lens of bare minimum, and then giving you some resources to think about as you build. When we think about, I want clients, I want clients, and oh my gosh, now I've got a client, what do I do with them? We want to be thinking about just in the way of client care, What kinds of onboarding are you going to be doing for your new clients? So you have somebody who is reaching out and saying, yes, I'd love to work with you. What are some of the things that you need to have in place? Well, someday you might have a client system that you have everything loaded in that automatically sends them forms. But before then, you can do this yourself And you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. So let's think about a system that you can set up to make this easy on yourself. And what I would recommend is that you think about, you know, do I have a digital file where it's all of my client forms or my new client forms or however you want to title that so that you can go into that folder and pull from it the things that you need so that you're not reinventing the wheel every time or scattered and trying to find things. So organization is going to be a key thing and what you need to do to have in place when you first start out. In that digital file for new client forms, I recommend that you have a client coaching agreement template so that that template lays out what your coaching agreement says. In general, our coaching agreements about what is and isn't coaching, the, you know, policy for last-minute cancellations, giving you 24-hour notice, what client responsibilities are, what coach responsibilities are. All those tend to be the same regardless of who our client is. And then you can have spaces in there for the specifics that you just plug in that information per client. How often are you meeting with this client? What's the rate that you and this client have agreed upon? What, you know, how are they going to reach? Are you doing in-person calls with this person? Are you doing uh, Zoom calls? Are you doing telephone calls? All those kinds of things can be plugged in, but have that coaching agreement template so that all you have to do is plug in the key information and then send it to that client for them to sign and send back to you. What about intake information? How are you getting the logistical information with your clients? Things like their email and their if the date of birth is important to you, and you know their address and telephone number, and things like that. So, have an intake information template where you can just send that to the client and they fill it out. I like to use introductory questions with my clients for two reasons. First of all, and most importantly, it is so helpful to my clients to things through before we ever even meet for our big first session. So my introductory questions ask things like, what do they want to achieve through the coaching process? What are their strengths? What are their challenges? What values do they hold? What do they want me to know about them just in general? Uh, and just a number of different introductory questions. That's helpful for me to get to know my clients. But as I mentioned, what's most important about that is that it gives the client a chance to settle into thinking about what do I want to gain from this process? What are the values that are important to me? What strengths am I bringing to this What challenges do I need to overcome? When they think about those things in advance, they're going to be a step ahead in the game because they're already processing and thinking through those things. In conjunction with that, another form that I have a template for that I ask my clients to complete before session. Now, I'm not going to make them do it, but I offer it to them because the clients that use it go further, faster, and have a better coaching experience. And that is a session prep form, form where they think about what have I done between sessions? Where have my challenges been? What do I want to celebrate with my coach? What do I want to get out of this next session? The clients that think about those things before they come into session do better in session and go, like I said, further and have a better experience in coaching. So you can have a prep form that you send along with the introductory questions. You just send it through email to your client and say, hey client, I'm gonna ask you to complete this form each time we meet in advance and send it to me so that you have thought through your session before we meet And are centered and ready to go. Now, another session, another form that I like to use is a follow up form that is sent to my clients within the hour after they have completed their session with me that asks, what did you gain from your session? What are your commitments? What do you want? What feedback do you want to share with your coach? And I will also tell you that those clients that complete their follow up form are once again, Carrying their work forward and getting more out of the coaching process. What's interesting to me is that sometimes my clients, even though they've given me their takeaways during session and their key learnings, they've got that, you know, hour ish before the form arrives that things have settled in. And they might even have a different perspective by the time that they've completed their form. So it's super powerful. And that could be another form that you send to your clients at the onset saying, here's some things that I'm going to encourage you to keep in a coaching form, a coaching folder, Where all your forms are and when we're before your session, you fill out the prep form and after your session, you fill out the follow up form if it's helpful to you. The other forms that you might keep in that digital file for yourself are, you know, are there any assessments that you send to your clients before you begin? Any other pre session information? All of that, just keep it in that digital file together if you don't yet have a system that automatically sends those things out for you. And I'm kind of in that assumption place right now, even though I, you know, try to stay away from assumptions, that right out of the gate, you aren't going to have a robust system. You might be doing some of this heavy lifting yourself. So in that, keep this digital file, keep those forms in there, and you're going to be in good shape. Each time you get a new client, you've got a system then I send the coaching agreement to them. Once I get the signed coaching agreement back, I'll send the intro questions along with the intake information form and then send those digital prep forms for the session and the follow-up form, whether you do those all at once or whether you do those after your initial session. And that is an additional note I just thought of. I usually, the prep forms and the follow-up forms, might go after the very first session because they're already filling out the intro questions for the very first form, which is really like a prep form, except it's big and it's it's sort of prepping for that first session. So you might send those other forms. You might send the follow-up form following their very first session and then the prep form for their continuing sessions at that time as well. Just something to think about. Okay, so you've got your forms And now you know, okay, this is the flow that I'm going to have when I get a new client. And these are the forms that I'm going to send to them. The other thing that I really recommend that you need to have in place to start your business is some kind of a scheduling tool. Now, yes, I get that there's a way to schedule with clients, sending dates back and forth through email, getting on the phone and scheduling with them. However, We want to make this easy for our clients. And that is a time suck for you. That is not the best use of your time. There are scheduling tools that are low cost or free that allow you to be professional and send the link to your clients, saying, when works on your calendar that's available on my calendar and it gets you out of that back and forth. You know, there are tools such as Candly, Acuity, book like a boss. Those are just examples. I'm not, you know, attached to it. As a matter of fact, I don't happen to use any of those myself. But I do know that they have free services. And it might be a great way to kind of start so that even in your signature line, you can have a link to book a schedule, book an exploratory call with me and you have a, a link in there so that they can go and do that right out of the gate. And it gets you out of let's, optimize your time. And you going back and forth and scheduling with your clients is probably not the best use of your time. Now, another thing that you absolutely have to have is to be able to communicate with your clients. And you want to be able to do that through email. You want an account specific to your business, even if it's not your business name. So my email is meg at a focus on results.com. But you don't have to have an email that has your business name in there. What I would recommend is that if you are, if you don't have that set up yet, and that is absolutely fine, have an account that is specific to your business so that you know that the emails that come in are your work emails. And I recommend that you use a Gmail account for that. It tends to be sort of the most professional people like you know, if you have your name, if I had Meg Rentschler at gmail.com, perfectly professional. Um people could engage with me. If you're already using Gmail for your just your regular account, then just shift up your name a little bit or you know, use coachmegrenchler at gmail.com or whatever, but you do want to have an email account that is specific to your business. And then, so so far we've got you know the forms you're gonna send, the way you're gonna schedule, the way you're gonna communicate through email, and then how are you gonna accept payments? You don't have to go through setting up a big merchant account through, you know, through your business, through right out of the gate. You don't have to do that. You could accept payments through things like, you know, Stripe or PayPal or Venmo, but you do have to have a way that you can accept payments. Now, certainly you can have clients send you checks in my experience here in 2021, There are many people who don't even have a checkbook or paper checks. I know neither of my adult sons have paper checks. So you're going to want to create, we're in a digital space now, so create some way that you can accept payments from your client. Now, optimally, I is going to be on automating things as much as possible. This allows you to spend your time on the things that are income producing, but right out of the gate when you're, probably have less clients than you're going to in the long run. You might be doing some of this heavy lifting yourself just as a way to begin to build your business and create that flow that as, as we look forward, and I'm going to be talking in just a minute about ways to automate, but in general, you can do these things right out of the gate. You just have to have some of these foundational things in place so that you can begin engaging with your clients. So we're going to move into, you know, what do we want to move toward potentially? And do you have to have like your business name in place and a website in place before you can start seeing clients? We're going to talk about that next. I do want to take just a moment for any of you who haven't met me yet and don't know my passion for helping coaches be the best coaches they can be. I did want to let you know that I work with coaches one-on-one and in groups to build their skill set, to build their coaching confidence. And I'm engaging with my clients in a way that I know I'm holding that space for them. I know that we're creating transformation together. And part of doing that is working with a mentor coach. Now, all of you who are listening who are credentialed as coaches might know that you're on a three-year cycle with the ICF in being credentialed. And every three years, if you're an ACC coach, you have to have mentor coaching to renew your credential. Well, those credentials expire in December of every three years so some of you are coming up on your end of your three-year cycle december of this year well this is july and the best time to think about getting your mentor coaching in mentor coaching when it comes to credentialing for the icf whether you're getting your initial credential or whether you're re-credentialing, that mentor coaching must extend over a three-month time period. This is the perfect time to get your mentor coaching. Mentor coaching is done in a very small group, along with individual focus sessions on you. If you're interested in learning more about that, my mentor coaching summer program is currently enrolling. Go to starcoachshow.com mentor. To learn more about the program, that's starcoachshow.com slash mentor. I'd love to work with you if that works for you. And now let's dive into what else you need to have in place when you are starting your business. So one of the questions I get asked is, Meg, do I have to name my business right out of the gate before I can even start seeing clients? you know, I would say to that, no, you don't have to have your name right out of the gate. You can use your name initially, that you are a coach and you are engaging with people that way. Now, you ultimately might want to have a business name, that's up to you. But the other side of that is, is I see people get just tied up in knots because they think, well, this name that I'm choosing is going to be the name for the next X number of years. It's it's my branding. And you're exactly right. It is your branding. But very truthfully, guys, if you decide, you know, I've named myself one thing and I really, I found this other name or this struck me in the middle of the night, this is what I need to do or whatever. It's not going to break your business if you change at the get-go. I started my business with one name. I decided after about a year that I didn't really like it. I changed to my new name. And you know what? The world continued to revolve. So do you absolutely have to have a business name before you start seeing clients? No, the most important thing is building those skills and getting out there and engaging with your clients and doing all those client care things that I talked about at the beginning of the show. The same thing goes for website or no website. Now, the key thing here is we are ultimately building credibility. We're building our presence and having a presence online is helpful. We want people to be able to find us when they Google us. Well, one of the key ways that you can be found via Google search is having a solid LinkedIn profile. Even if you don't have a solid profile in LinkedIn, you'll be found via LinkedIn. But let's really build out that LinkedIn profile to represent what it is that you do. And have an online presence right there, right out of the gate. I have a couple episodes that talk about the importance of the LinkedIn profile. And I will be kind of pointing out different episodes that bring this stuff forward. Because very truthfully, if to deep dive into each one of these things, I'd be on this episode with you for hours. And I respect your time. I know you don't have time to be here hours with me. So episodes 97... 137 and 234 all talk about really building up your LinkedIn profile in a way that creates the best online presence for you through LinkedIn. If you are in a place of, yeah, I would like to have a a website, I would encourage you to try to have at least a one-page website that kind of gets out there, has a picture of you, says what you do, Talks about the kinds of clients you'd like to work with. We talked about in episode 115 ways to just get out there and start your just getting an online presence. So that might be a helpful, a helpful episode for you. But what I will say is that what's most important right out of the gate when you're brand new is just beginning to build your credibility and to be seen in the market. So you might do that by showing up on social media, by sharing your thoughts, by sharing articles in LinkedIn, in Facebook, on Instagram, in Twitter, wherever it is that you feel like your audience is. As a small business owner, it isn't just about seeing clients, because the way that you're going to seek, well, I mean, it is about we want to see clients, but we have to attract clients. We have to be able to be seen in the world. And that's through building relationships, building our credibility, knowing our audience so that we can create solutions for our audience, and they know that we understand them. Now, key thing, if you haven't been listening, if you've kind of gotten distracted or, you're multitasking right now. I want you to come back to me for a minute here. Really zero in because this is a message I need you to hear. Social media is a great place to share your message, to build a following, to create a buzz. But those followers and likes and engagement on social media do not, you don't own those names. And at any point, a social media platform can change their algorithm, can change whatever, and you could lose your followers. They could change their rules, they could change. I've, it's happened millions of times, I think. So within that, your responsibility, even as a brand new business owner, is to get out there, create a buzz, but move those people from the social platform to your list so that you can provide ongoing value to those people. Yes, you can continue to provide that value through social media. But in general, you want to be pulling them back to your list. And the way that you're going to do that is to create some kind of a giveaway that is important to them that they would give you their email to be able to engage with you. Now you can do that through, if your big platform on social media is Facebook, then you might create a Facebook page where you invite people to come to your page. That's where you share your posts. That's where you share your content. And in order to join that community, they're giving you their email address. It might be that you have created some kind of a PDF or a video or a checklist or an infographic. Maybe you have a book and you're sharing a chapter of your book, but you've got to create a place that you are gathering those names of people who are liking what you do and you're giving them an opportunity for you to communicate regularly and share your value with them. And the only way you can really do that is to capture their emails so that you can share about you and what you do and the value that you bring through email with them. I would say that my biggest regret in a 30-plus year business owner was not capturing email soon enough and communicating regularly to build a community and to continue to give value. So in order to do this, you're going to have to have an email builder provider that allows you to engage at a big... So now we're moving from, yes, right out of the gate, just to communicate with your clients. You're going to want to at least have a Gmail account. But ultimately, you're going to want to be able to communicate Through an email builder provider, something like MailChimp or MailerLite or ActiveCampaign or any number of email providers. The pricing really depends upon the number of people on your list. So if you're starting fresh out of the gate, you could very well have a free account for years because many of them start, you know, the first 500 people on your list are free to have their services. So what I'm going to recommend, now you certainly, you would still use your Gmail address through that, but you would be sending your one to many emails through MailChimp or MailerLite or ActiveCampaign or, you know, I use Kajabi. I also use my coach's console. So whatever that email builder is the key thing that I want you to be looking for when you choose that is do they have landing pages? Do they have a place where you can create what your giveaway is that it delivers that giveaway to people when they sign up for it? And it has a a landing page is sort of like a sales page that you have. Let's say you have a the 10 leadership tools to empower your team. I just made that up. So let's say you've got a, a download that is 10 leadership tools that empower your team and you share that link in social media and you share that link in your emails that you send or you share that link in if you're a talk giving a talk and you share that link so that people can grab that. They've gotta be able, when they put that link in, it's gotta go somewhere. And where it's going to go is a landing page and that it's like a sales page. So it's going to talk a little bit about what that offer is and it's going to ask them for their email address. And when they give that, they're going to then be able to download whatever that document is. Well, that is why I need you or you need to get some kind of an email provider that allows you to build those landing pages that give those links that allow them to then you capture the email and they're able to download whatever it is that you're offering. Now, here's a way to kind of set yourself up for success with this. Take the time first to look at what system might be best for you. Put into the Google search, email builders for coaches, email providers for coaches. I gave you three examples. Don't happen to be any of the ones that I use, but I gave those examples because they all have free or very low-cost offers in them. Each of them allow you to have like a seven-day trial, a 30-day trial, somewhere in there, 14-day trial. So you want to be able to first look through, look at what they're offering and say, who do I even want to try? And then be ready When you sign up for that free trial, be ready to use it, which means you want to get in there and you want to build a landing page. You want to build that sales page for whatever your offer is. You want to see how easy is it to use the intuitive? Is this something that I could work with? Everyone has their own and they tend each year that goes by, they get easier and easier But you want to be able to use the free trial when you've got the free trial. You might even do an A-B testing, do a free trial with, let's say, MailChimp at the same time you're doing a free trial with ActiveCampaign and see who do I like best, which emails tend to kind of have the better email templates, who do I like. And what seems to be delivered? How am I getting, which of my clients are clicking more on which or the other? So you can do some testing around that. But this is the key thing. Over the course of my 30-year business, I cannot even tell you how many times I've signed up for a free trial, but then gotten busy and not been able to use the free trial. And then it's a waste of a free trial. So set yourself up for success. And try it when you you know send emails, check out their landing pages, check out their email templates, see who you really like. If you get one thing from the time that we've been together today, it's never too soon to start building your list and engaging your community, because that's the way that we let people know, this is what I'm offering, this is what I have, this is the way that we engage with our clients. So I had promised at the beginning, I would also just cover quickly all-in-one services. All-in-one services are something that you might try right out of the gate, or it might be something that you end up working toward because maybe you don't wanna invest in that right away. But you wanna pace yourself and choose the right tool that's right for you at the time that you are in your business. Many of you have heard me share the you know horror story of me signing up for a very expensive tool that I was nowhere near needing at the time. And not only did I, you know, invest up front to be able to join or to like have access to that service, but it was a big chunk every month as well. I wasn't anywhere near needing that at the time that I invested in it. The key thing is, is that you can use a tool today that fits where you're at today. And it's not that difficult to export and import into a different tool when you get to that level and that level. So start where you're at right now. Take advantage of free or low-cost services for smaller businesses. You don't need something with all the bells and whistles. You won't even be using all the bells and whistles. So I cannot stress that enough. There are some all-in-one services that include things like your client scheduling, your client billing, your client forms that are priced on the size of business. Like HoneyBook is actually kind of like has different pricing depending upon where you're at in your business. And then there's others that have one price for all regardless, which was that big program that I had invested in. So choose wisely, choose for where you're at right now. As I said, changing to other systems as you grow is really not a big deal. So let go of that mindset that you have to make a decision now that's gonna serve you for the next 10 to 20 years. That is not true. You can change as you grow. So just in general, as we're closing out our time together today, understand that building a business is a big deal. It takes time and you're probably building it while you fly. You're building the airplane while you're flying it because hopefully you're seeing clients as you put together pieces of of your business. So you're going to learn as you go along what things work best for you. I know that it can be frustrating right out of the gate to not have the client load that you want right out of the gate, but that's part of building your business. Maybe look at it as a blessing that is allowing you to set up processes so that as you build, it's just smooth. You've got the flow. You've got all the pieces put together. It's going to create a better flow for you. So when you have that full calendar of clients, you're able to focus on the client rather than all the nitty pitty stuff that you, that we need to put together, but that you can put together right now. Be kind to yourself and remember that when we try to build or operate out of scarcity because we're nervous that we don't have enough yet, that's not going to create the energy flow that you want. So what do you need to do to be sure that you've got income or stability in place while you're trying to build your business? It's so, so important. I can't stress that enough. Let me know how it goes. If you have after hearing today's episode, if you think, okay, that was helpful, but I would like more about this or more about that or I don't get. X, Y, and Z. Let me know. Never hesitate to shoot me an email either through starcoachshow.com contact page or directly at meg at results.com. I'd love to hear from you. i love to hear what you need the show to bring to you. Now, next week, I'm going to welcome Ed Arvitz to the show to share his transition from corporate leader to business owner. It is a great follow-up to this show because he generous, really is generous in his sharing of the things that he did to build from zero to an entrepreneur that is a best-selling author and a thriving business and leadership coach. So I invite you next week for that. I welcome you to leave a rate and review wherever you listen to the show so that more coaches can find us. And until next week, this is Meg Grinchler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an awesome week.